0: This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by Springer Nature. It's the official journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. The demand for clinical genetic services is growing rapidly, and there's a perception that the supply of clinical staff to provide the needed services is being outpaced by demand. The problem says Andrew Fennell, clinical genetics fellow at Monash Health in Australia, is his public health service didn't have a way to measure that growth or their resource needs.
1: You can't really base anything on anecdotes and feelings. You need hard data that will specifically show the trends in your service provision and up to this point no one's really gone into that in any great depth at least in the contemporary period and especially with the change with genomics. So That's really critical if you're going to plan your resourcing and the structure of your services, both locally in Monash Health for us specifically, but also statewide, nationally, internationally. If you don't know the amount that you're seeing, how you're seeing it, what you're doing for your clients, then you can't really organize your services correctly. And we felt a significant shift in recent years that hadn't been quantified in any specific way. We all know that genomics has changed the practice of clinical genetics, but no one has shown exactly what effect that's had on services and on service provision.
0: Dr. Fennell and his colleagues decided to formulate a framework of metrics to evaluate service provision in clinical genetics. Then they'd apply this framework to their available local service data. The result is a paper recently published in the journal Genetics and Medicine. The times that these questions have been evaluated in the past, he said the results haven't been comprehensive enough.
1: While there's been literature looking into this in the past, it hasn't provided a structured and robust way to assess service delivery evaluation that could be applied over time. And across different services so up to this point people had measured how much of a workforce there was albeit the measures weren't very specific and a a more recent study in 2008 had looked more in depth at the exact time that it took for patient evaluation but that specific study wasn't necessarily something that would be it wouldn't be a framework that you could implement on an ongoing basis as it was quite labor intensive and it didn't capture other things like the referral rate, the consultation rates, the amount of output in terms of testing that the service had completed. So it was an incomplete look at service provision, and so we felt that we needed to have a more holistic approach that looks uh, across our, our inputs and outputs from a service point of view, and that would give us a really clear picture of what our service does and what it doesn't do, and how we can provide the the clinical care that we need to going forward.
0: Dr. Fennell and his colleagues started with a literature search.
1: We looked at the literature to clarify what metrics have been used in the past to define service delivery in clinical genetics and evaluated how representative, reliable and feasible to collect they would be. We collated and analysed our data for our service over the last four to five years, which is a time period during which genomic testing use had accelerated locally. And we critically analysed how well These metrics evaluated our service provision and identified the gaps in knowledge where these metrics and the metrics previously used in the literature didn't capture the full story. And so using this information, we formulated a framework of metrics that together we believe accurately and adequately evaluates the inputs and outputs of pretty much any general genetics service. So we looked at the referrals, we looked at the review consultations, completed inpatient consultations, as that's a an area that shifted significantly in recent years and then our testing output which has shown marked changes in recent years and so together but using all of those you can then get a reasonably comprehensive view of what your service is doing um, and you can then monitor that over time and see what the changes are and what you need to be planning for in the future.
0: They saw some clear trends within their own health services.
1: Despite our local population growing by about two and quarter percent annually over the last four years, our referral rate to our service had increased 10 to 22% annually over the same time period. So this equated to about a 58% increase in all referrals to the Monash Genetics Service since 2015, which is a huge change. So average monthly referrals had increased every year with a more marked rise in the last two years. And at this point, they still show no sign of reaching a steady state, which shows that we don't know where they're going to end up and we need a plan for that.
0: The number of tests completed increased by about 400%, while there's also been an increase in the proportion of patients tested.
1: But at the same time, the genomic testing we are ordering is becoming more comprehensive, therefore more work for clinicians adding this to the increasing number of referrals, and we've experienced essentially a triple hitch in increased demand for our clinical service. And that's had a significant effect and is something that we need to measure and plan for looking ahead.
0: Dr. Fennell says that having metrics that are consistent and measurable is critical in such a rapidly growing field.
1: It has implications across the practice of clinical genetics, both locally for our service and internationally. And so the implications of this increasing referral base increasing review consultations, inpatient consultations, and a large-scale change in testing output means that we need to plan, basically. We need to come up with ways to benchmark. So the latest ACMG genetic provider survey data from about 2015, which was actually published earlier this year in Genetics and Medicine, showed waiting lists increased significantly and many more practices were closed to new referrals compared to a decade earlier. So if the local trends in our data are replicated internationally, it is possible on this background of a capacity limitation that significant increases in demand have occurred over the last four years with expansion of genomic testing capabilities. Unless workforce and workflows have kept pace with such changes, service provision could be under substantial stress, but this hasn't been really captured up to present. So having robust and comparable data is crucial to track these changes in workload both regionally, nationally and internationally.
0: That said, the framework they've developed, he says, is the beginning. It's useful as it is, but there's room for improvement in the future.
1: So developing a standardized method of determining workforce adequacy is a necessity for future resource planning in clinical genetics. Um, We've suggested this might take the form of a customized average relative work value units for each type of clinical staff member. These RVUs are a unit that represents the resources required to provide a service and they stem from the Medicare reimbursement formula used in America. While these can be used to determine reimbursement for physicians working in systems that use such formulae, the utility on a wider scale would be to clarify what amount of clinical genetics specific work corresponds to one clinical full-time equivalent. Having this figure means that you can use it to compare available staffing resources to the estimated case mix Uh, just a demand in a geographical region, essentially modelling service under and over provision. There's also yet to be either an established best practice clinic structure for patients undergoing genomics testing or an analysis of the typical clinical and administrative staff time requirement for genomic sequencing cases from receipt of the referral to completion of familial studies. This information would be very valuable going forward to guide workflow structure and determine resource requirements.
0: But he said he believes all organizations could use this new framework published in Genetics and Medicine to evaluate their own resources today to plan for the future. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by Springer Nature. I'm Cynthia Graber.